Well, yeah, you should buy the pizza for everybody. If you got dead last the year prior, Kyle, if you're going to be garbage at anything, you, you got to pay for it. Darby cast Monday sports and Kyle, Kyle, do you have that queued up? Uh, under seven seconds. We don't want to violate any copyrights. Go ahead. Give it a go, Kyle. Okay, cut it, cut it, cut it. Good job, Kyle. So, NFL, what an absolute treat to come back. There were whispers in the wind for the past couple months that people were saying, oh, I don't know if we're going to do it. But this whole virus is turning out to be not as brutal as Fauci Baparuski, Faucherino had said it would be. Surprise, surprise. I don't trust short people. I just don't. I don't have any friends that are short. And that's not by accident. Fauci, I've seen him on TV and he looks like he's 5'3". And boy, is that your first tip off. He's going to tell you a lot of things that are just so deliberately wrong. Dishonest, low character guy. Low character guy. As opposed to Roger Goodell, who's redeemed himself and said, I was wrong. We didn't get this right. What a phrase out of Big Raj, my Dodge. He's great at that, right? When something happens and there's like public backlash, he just comes out with a statement like, we have to do better. We didn't get this one right. And then it just blows over. Take a page out of Goodell's book. If you find yourself on the wrong end of a cancel, um, your whole life getting canceled, first off, I say don't apologize. The best you should do is say, "Mm, I may not have gotten that right. You don't say I'm sorry because nobody ever accepts those apologies anyway, and they're still going to trash your character. But you just got to go ahead and you say, perhaps I didn't get that right. We'll take another look at it. I'll do some analysis. And then you just move forward. I think the Roger Goodell model is the best model. Because he's come under fire for years. And let me just speak to that point of the thankless position that is being a commissioner of anything. Does anybody ever really sing the praises of a commissioner? I don't know. I'm a commissioner of two fantasy football leagues. One, we're going into year 19. The other, going into year four. Nobody has ever accused me of doing a good job. Granted, I haven't done a good job ever, nor have I really tried. People accuse me every year of stacking the deck in my favor. And I tell them, I'm just really good. If you could predict the future and see things the way I do, people would accuse you of cheating as well. Because that's it, right? In the 19-year league, I've got, I think, seven or eight championships. In the four-year league, going into year four, three years completed, I've got two championships. Easy to hate the Yankees. Easy to hate the Lakers. Right? When it's 
almost assumed every year that I'm going to win the championship. That people are like, ah, we've been doing this for almost two decades, but Maverick, he's still so on point. He never ceases to amaze me with his heady foresight and near clairvoyance as to who's who and what's what. And be that as it may, I'm not going to divulge strategy on the Darby cast because I know there are guys in my league who listen to this and they're probably hoping that I'm just going to let something slip, that I'm going to tell them the key to my success. And some of you right now, you just got butterflies in your stomach and you're like, I want to win my fantasy league this year. Could you give me a little? And the answer to that is maybe, but probably not because I can't have my secrets out there in the open. I just can't, but I'll, here's what it is. Fine. I'll give you one of my secrets, pick the best guys and put them in your lineup on a weekly basis. That's a big piece of strategy that not a lot of people tend to go for. Too many people make boneheaded moves and they're like, I'm picking Rod Tidwell round one. And it's like, did you say Rod Tidwell? Fictitious wide receiver played by Cuba Gooding Jr. in the movie Jerry Maguire, who uttered the famous line, show me the money, encouraged Tom Cruise's character, Jerry Maguire, to yell, show me the money. Then Renee Zellweger and her chubby little, I think, stepson or rescue. Kids, they don't call them rescues, do they? But Tom Cruise was like, hey, let's, I'm a sports agent, Renee Zellweger. I don't remember her character's name. I am going to rage on Tidwell. I'm going to be honest, every year I, uh, I throw a joke pick in there, and usually it's Rod Tidwell. It's for the scholars. For the people who know, it's like, that's about as big of a laugh as it's going to get. It's just like, it's never had like the high impact belly laugh. But that's what you save a pick like Tony Saragusa for. Like last round, you're like, I'm going to take Goose. I'm going to take Saragusa. I'm going to take Andy Reid. I'm going to take Andy Reid. But yeah, both leagues are keeper leagues. I'm going to lay that out for you right now. And that amplifies the stakes like nobody's business. And some people right now who don't play fantasy are maybe tuning out mentally. Obviously, they're still going to listen to the Darby cast because they're like, this is the sweetest podcast ever. Everything else sucks by comparison. There are good podcasts out there that are just trash. By comparison. So I'm going to tune in, even if the subject matter isn't my favorite. You know, fantasy football really ramped up in popularity when Bud Light realized that they could do a lot of cross-promotional stuff with it. But I was playing in the early days. I think my first year was 2001, maybe 2002. Yeah, that checks out. You got to respect the old guys who've been playing since like the 80s and 90s. And the commissioner would score the games on Monday by referencing the local paper and the scores and stats in the local paper. That takes dedication. I certainly don't have that. But then again, I'm a pretty lazy commissioner. I sort of 
set things up on a yearly basis. I allow other people to do a lot of stuff, though. And then I deputize them with pretty weak titles. They actually sound pretty solid. I'll be like, you're the league scribe. You are the treasurer. You are the chronicler. I tell that to the scribe when the scribe starts asking questions. I'm like, you're the chronicler. And then they write out messages and I don't have to because I'm focused on other stuff. And you're probably asking yourself, you don't seem like you can stay focused for more than a few minutes, sir. What else are you focused on? And to that, I say, look no further than any other Darby cast episode thus far. Be like, ah, it's somewhere in the mix of pirates, dinosaurs, and Elon Musk's projects that he's not pursuing. That takes up a good chunk of my day and I can't be bothered to like coordinate things. And so people are like, wait, you put in no effort and then you win the league and you don't lay out the rules well enough. So people don't know what's going on. And I'm like, that's on you. If you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks on an entry fee, it's probably in your interest to ask questions. Be like, hey, what are the fucking rules? Like, if you don't understand something, don't be too proud to ask a question. You know what? Maybe that is a fantasy football pointer that I'm going to toss out to some of you rookies, some of you Bud Lighters, you know, the weekend warriors, the binge drinkers who during this lockdown have been probably stepping up from Bud Light, but now they're going to kind of scale back to Bud Light. So that's a big plus for the NFL coming back. You know, for some people, it's going to increase their frequency and uh, volume of alcoholic beverages consumed. For other people, it's really going to reel it back in. So net positive, net negative, I guess we'll find out. But I can't stand a lot of uh, Bud Light fantasy footballers. I really can't. People who watch the show, The League, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm quirky. I wear a fedora. I'm like, um, what's the dude's name? He's the doctor. He's kind of a dweeb. Andre. And then there's Taco and Pete and Kevin. And I'm forgetting Kevin's wife, her name. But she's like better than Kevin. And Kevin's just a total pushover. Taco's a stoner. And you got to have the league stoner, right? I think I've got two stoners in one of my leagues and not enough stoners in the other league. I mean, I've got guys who smoke pot in both leagues, but not like stoners. Not like guys who can wake up, face a bong load, and then like start doing stuff. I used to have that in me like a decade ago that I was I could function. Like, yeah, I'll smoke a spliff and have a coffee, nice little sploffy in the AM. I had to hang that up because it really interfered with my day-to-day functioning after a while. Kind of turned a corner and I was like, whoa, I am not effective while inebriated. I come up with way too much scatterbrain nonsense. And if some of you right now are asking yourselves, wait, this is you, the way you present now, you don't smoke a bunch of ganj? And I say, yes, that is correct. I gave it up. I gave it up. 
So you can imagine how positively catastrophic my train of thought was whilst consuming hippie lettuce, the devil's lettuce, jazz cabbage, soft J, Yaz Kabaj. A little bit of that. Woo woo. Yeah, gave it up. But you got to have a league stoner. You got to have a couple league stoners. Because those guys are actually real fun to watch games with. They don't talk too much. They co-sign on the kind of snacks that I do. That's the thing I'm looking forward to is NFL Red Zone. Scott Hansen, NFL Red Zone. Seven hours of commercial-free football. Quad box. Octabox. We've got a goal line situation here. Fumble Ruski here. Interception here. Long bomb there. This coach is losing his shit here. And you're seeing it all. What a blessing the red zone is. And how terrible does it make watching a regular game? When you've had a taste of the sports crack ambrosia that is NFL red zone, watching the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, the Thursday night game, just makes you want to blow your brains out. You're like, get it over with. Commercials? Yeah, NFL Red Zone. I stock the snacks pretty heavy. Dozen donuts, extra large pizza. And that's just for me. I go very bread forward. No problem with gluten on Sundays. Or any day for that matter. But it's all coming back, folks. Sure, there's going to be major disruptions to this season. Players, coaching staff, they're going to get the sniffles, otherwise known as COVID-19. They're going to come down with a dry cough, and it's going to be ignored that they smoke a ton of weed. I feel like there's a lot of stoners in the NFL, and I like that better than those guys abusing alcohol, getting behind the wheel. Had a couple whodunits with some uh, drunk driving. Yeah, I feel like hitting the sauce is not a good call for dudes who are trying to maintain peak physical condition and manage their T levels because those guys are very high T. So like mellow them out, give them a little bit of the reefer, let them stay relaxed, heal their bodies, their minds, their spirits. I'm fine with that. Yeah, got to have a couple uh, guys chief in the reef in the fantasy league, got to have players chief in the reef to stay relaxed. I don't want them taking party drugs. I don't want them going to the club out of respect for themselves. Fantasy football. She's coming back. In every fantasy league, there's that guy who thinks he knows stats really well. He's crunching all the numbers. He always seems to finish kind of middle of the pack. So it's like kind of helpful, but it's like, Blake, you're, um, you're super average, bro. You're not quite getting it. You put in way more time and effort than everybody else, but it's not yielding you results. You've been doing that for quite some time. Have you ever thought about mixing it up, changing a couple things? And then you get yelled at and be like, hey, you just worry about your team and I'll worry about mine. And it's like, Blake, I win a lot of championships. No, no worries over here, pal. I'm trying to help you out. But if you're unwilling to help yourself out, I've got no sympathy for you, Blake. Not an ounce. Not an ounce. Let me give you some draft strategy tips. Tight end first round. Kicker next round. Defense the following round. 
do what people won't expect. Draft a head coach. Draft a ref. Draft an offensive line coach. See what that does to the competition. It's going to rattle them in a huge way. When you take Harrison Butker, Kansas City Chiefs kicker first overall, it's going to raise some eyebrows, but it's going to make everyone very nervous about what you know, especially if you've won the league before. Yeah, draft order. Butker, Zach Ertz, Bears defense. What does that even do to the people in your league? Some of them will be chuckling while you're like, huh, you laugh now. Like, you, you're shitty. Um, you're bad at this. But man, Bud Light players. I, I, don't, I will never take a Bud Light fantasy guy in a league of mine. So long as I live as a really mediocre commissioner who sort of cares about organizing things. And the people in my leagues, they, they know that. They know that. They do. Like, yeah, he cares more about winning than organizing things. And it's like, yeah, like, this is a money league. This isn't a quirky bozo league like in the show, The League. Do you understand? Do you get it? This isn't about Andre hooking up with that foxy Indian doctor named Shiva. Do you get it? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But those guys, they're very Bud Light players. They don't ever come out on that show and say it like brought to you in part by Bud Light. But boy, is that just the subtext is just too obvious to those of us who know. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you're nodding your head right now in agreement. And you're like, I thought I was the only one who thought that I wasn't willing to share that with other people. But now let me just tell you, you have full permission. You've got full license to be like, fuck Bud Light fantasy football players. Dudes who are getting into the game way too late. And then they come in and they think it's just some Bud Light commercial. And it's like, it's not that. It's anything but a Bud Light commercial. There's pageantry. There's history. There's friendships that are constantly on the ropes. That if you whack somebody in any given week and then you make a high impact trade the next week. That that friend that you've maybe known for the better part of a decade, they're going to just say, lose my number. Get the fuck out of my life. And ultimately, you know that that's a hollow threat. Let me just take a quick time out and tell you that's happened to me. Happens to me just about every year. I destroy people out of respect for the game of football and the game of fantasy football. It's not personal. People take it personally. When I give them like the fantasy football equivalent of a blanket party. You know what a blanket party is? Let me tell you. It's when you throw a blanket over somebody and then you beat the hell out of them from all angles and they have no way to defend themselves. They don't know where the punches are coming from. They're under a blanket. But that's it. Maybe that's what my team name should be in one of my leagues this year. Team blanket party. Yeah. You thought you had a chance at the proverbial sleepover. But then your friends turned on you. They threw a comforter over you and you were like, oh, this is actually kind of fluffy. But then you start taking an absolute wailing. And the whole time you're thinking to yourself, why aren't you guys going easier on me? 
this isn't cool. I thought we were friends. And it's like, we are friends. But like sometimes even within friend groups, especially within friend groups who play fantasy football together, you have to assert dominance. You have to say, listen, I love you, buddy. But right now I got to throw a blanket over your team and beat the shit out of you. Do you know what that does ultimately? Because it's a gift to the person receiving the blanket party. It heightens their awareness. It heightens their senses. And it encourages them to be better, much better. Iron sharpens iron. Do you understand? So don't go easy on the newbies in your fantasy league, especially if they're a Bud Light player. Oh, my goodness. And if you've got some Bud Light players in your league, I suggest you take it up with your laissez-faire, blasé commissioner if they care about the will of the league at all. And that's going to be tough for a lot of you to get your commissioner to give a crap about the democratic will of a league. I got to be honest with you. Democracy, very inefficient, hard to build consensus. So that's why in my fantasy league, I go for benevolent dictator, efficient autocrat. Sure, that gets a lot of pushback and people end up resenting the fuck out of me, especially when I win. And eventually, People threaten to leave the league and they say, I'm out of here. And I say, no, 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 no. You don't leave this league. The only way to leave this league, especially because it's a keeper league, you retain players from year to year. I put this in writing this year in one of my keeper leagues because I had so many guys pulling that idiot move where it's like, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. You know that guy, right? Everybody knows that guy. And the situation, it can vary. It doesn't have to be a fantasy football thing. But we all have that friend from time to time that'll get upset and they'll do the childish stunt of, listen, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Game over. And it's like, oh, why you got to do that? Come on, Xander. Xander. You think you're taking a stand, but it's imploding your reputation. Do you get it, Xander? You probably don't. But yeah, I had to put it in writing this year that The only way to leave my league is if you die and that clause is enforced by the death penalty. So if you try to leave the league, you're going to be killed. And of course, I have nominated someone other than myself to be league executioner, right? So you got the scribe who, if you need to Kind of dress it up a little bit. The chronicler, you've got the treasurer and then you have the executioner. I recommend that for your league, you get an executioner. Either way, you're going to die, right? You're going to die and then you're going to leave the league or you're going to leave the league and then you're going to die at the hands of the executioner. But I like having that in writing. And I've been told by my friend in the league who's an attorney, he said, you know, that death penalty clause is not enforceable. And to that, I say, you don't know enough about the laws, statutes, and limitations of the legal code that governs what we're doing here. You might know the extensive U.S. penal code, but you don't know anything about this. Because the laws governing this league, we are a sovereign entity. And the death penalty, always on the table. If you make some major mistakes, well, you better believe the league executioner is coming in hot. I make suggestions to the executioner. I say, do you want to do it with a scythe or do you want to do it with a guillotine? 
Like, do you want to go French Revolution or do you want to be um, a sledgehammer? Is that your, that's your weapon of choice? Executioner? Okay. I don't agree with that, but I'm not the executioner. I want to give you some kind of creative freedom in your job, some autonomy, because nobody likes being micromanaged, right? Nobody likes that. But yeah, you got to write that down because nobody hates something more than somebody who's like pretty high quality leaving your league. If it's a Bud Light guy who threatens to leave, you don't say shit about it. You just let it happen. You just let the Bud Light guy walk away. You don't put up a fight. You say, oh, bummer, man, we're going to miss you. And then a day later, two days later, when Bud Light guy inevitably decides like, oh, I want back in, you set him aside. You say, can I talk to you? Can you you take a seat right over here? You do it in person. You meet him in a park or something. You say, can can you have a seat on that bench real quick? And they say, yeah, what's this about? And you say, we already found a replacement for you. It's somebody who's been wanting to get into this league for quite some time. And it just wouldn't be fair to rescind their invite. Do you understand why this is important? And then the Bud Light guy, who's a complete pushover by nature, because that's like the essence of somebody who drinks Bud Light, that you can get them to agree with anything you say. If you just ask the question twice, that's it. Do you want to know how to like really manipulate a Bud Light drinker? Ask questions twice. Check this. You say, hey, Bobby, do you know why I'm not letting you back in the league? His first response is going to be, no, this is fucking bullshit. But then you reiterate. You say, Bobby, do you know why you're not coming back to the league? And you say it with like a little bit more um, candor in your tone as if you cared. And then Bobby is going to be like, yeah, it's, I blew it. And you say, maybe we'll have a place for you next year. You won't, obviously. You want to weed Bud Light fantasy players out of your league as soon as possible. That is absolutely critical to people having a good time. You want stoners. You want statisticians. You want a couple old guys in your league. If you don't have old guys in your league, you don't have a league. That's it. I don't care what anybody's saying. If you don't have somebody over the age of 50 in your league, and I don't care if you are playing fantasy football for the first time, you're 19 years old, you and your buddies, they used to be your high school lacrosse buddies. You get together and you're like, maybe we stay in touch by doing a fantasy football league. Yes, Kyler, Sam, Blake, Constantine. The fuck are they naming kids now? My God. But you do that, right? Don't let in any Bud Light people and find a senior citizen and throw them in. Find somebody in your community. You find that guy named Walter or Morton who wears an old weathered cap and has a very extensive cardigan collection. You say, sir, do you know anything about football? And he just takes you aside. And he's like, let me tell you about the 38 Packers. Oh, boy. And it's like, all right, sir, you're in. You're 100% in. And that guy's never going to give you pushback on anything because he's just happy to compete. Have respect for your elders. That's another key call out. There are so many lessons that we learn in fantasy football. And 
make no mistake about it. The Bud Light guys aren't going to learn a damn thing from it. But you learn leadership, respect for your elders, negotiation, having a mixture of both art and science, right? For Especially for the statistician guy. He's all science, no art. Appreciation for stoners with high pot tolerance who will dome some major amounts of gluten with you on a Sunday and then hit the weights real hard on Monday. Use all of that carb loading the right way. That's Darby Cast for you. I hope you're excited. If you've already had your fantasy draft, you probably blew it. But if you're going into your fantasy draft, you're going to want to listen and re-listen to this a handful of times and kind of evaluate whether you've been doing it right and take some serious action. Not on organizing your league, because that's for losers, but weeding out Bud Light guys, looping in senior citizens, making waves with your early draft picks, tight ends, kickers, defenses, head coaches, refs, back judges, ownership groups. Who's drafting Jerry Jones? Who is drafting Rod Tidwell? Who's taking down Tony Saragusa? Who is going to drop? the names of a couple retired players this year at your draft. Cause you know, if people are dropping names of past superstars, man, I wish I could take uh, <laughs> priest Holmes, Sean Alexander, LaDainian Tomlinson. Hey, is Emmett Smith still on the board? What about Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce Rams? Remember those guys? Marshall Falk. Pretty good. He could catch. Do you understand? Jeff Garcia undersized, but he and Terrell Owens. Good time. Ruben drones. I don't really remember him. Remember the name? Don't remember anything he did. Jamal Anderson, 2,000-yard rushing season with the Ravens. Ray Lewis killed a guy. Aaron Hernandez also killed a guy. Ray Rice punched a chick in the face. Interesting things going on with the Baltimore Ravens. Do you understand the utility of throwing these things out for credibility amidst your peers? Maybe that's a big part of your draft strategy. You're saying, well, I wish this player were on the board right now. And then you throw somebody out who's retired. I wish Tony Gonzalez were on the board. Arguably the best tight end of all time. No problems there. Christian McCaffrey, more like his father, Ed McCaffrey, Denver Broncos, used to wear shoes that were undersized and cut holes in the big toe. He argued that it gave him more speed. I don't know if he was wrong about that. These are the things you say in your fantasy draft going to rattle the shit out of your opponents. That's your game. That's your fantasy lesson for the day. Because I knew I'd kind of tiptoe around it, but eventually I'd get to it. I'd give you something real, something raw. It's all about psyching people out. Making them make glaring mistakes by you saying things that are both very accurate, but also Entirely unnecessary. Fill people's heads with weird information that is not useful to them. Overwhelm them. Think about yourself kind of like the news media. Give people more than they can handle. And they're going to shut down. That's it. That's it. That's a draft strategy right there. Jerome Bettis had more touchdowns than yards in that one game. Do you remember Cordell Stewart? What about Heinz Ward? Troy Polamalu? He did those head and shoulders commercials, didn't he? These are the things that you need to say. Do you remember Dante Hall, kick returner for the Kansas City Chiefs? They called him the human joystick. 
undersized, but very effective. Dante Stallworth, kick returner for the Saints. Involuntary manslaughter, drunk driving accident. Jeremy Shockey, tight end for the New York football giants. He had that endorsement deal with Casio, right? For the G-Shock. Does Casio make the G-Shock? Kyle, actually, for real, check that out. Google it. Actually, use DuckDuckGo. Don't get tracked. Rich Gannon on the Raiders. Do you remember that? It's a great call out. Mike Allstott, fullback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whoa. Peyton Hillis, that running back on the Cleveland Browns. Didn't he make the cover of Madden and then disappear from the face of the planet? Whatever happened to him? These are all examples. You can come up with your own, but chances are it'll make more sense to borrow a lot of the things that I'm saying because I'm dropping fantasy football bombs that both establish credibility and undermine the thought processes, processes, processes of your league. Bud Light guy is not going to know what the fuck is going on. Brett Favre to Donald Driver. Key blocks out of Bubba Franks. Amon Green, he fumbled a lot, didn't he? Were you more of a fan of Ricky Williams on the Dolphins or the Saints? University of Texas, 1998, first round draft pick. Aaron Brooks was the quarterback of that team. Joe Horn, he had a game where he had five touchdowns. Do you remember that? Zach Thomas, middle linebacker for the, um, uh, the Dolphins. Big hits, Hall of Famer. Calvin Johnson, Megatron, arguably the best athlete of all time. Wish he were on the board. Am I right? This is pure football overload. You're going to short circuit your opponents. And then the draft is just going to be yours to lose because there's going to be so many players that people aren't even going to know what the hell's going on. As they're looking up all these players that have retired, the timer on the draft is going to expire and they're going to have to take somebody stupid. They're going to have to take somebody idiotic at best by accident. You know, before Tom Brady on the Patriots, there was Drew Bledsoe and they used to call his throws the Patriot missile. What do you think about that? Like, is that really pro-military or was that just pro-Drew Bledsoe? You see that? Corey Dillon on the Bengals, pretty great career, but he didn't win a championship until he was on the Patriots. Vince Wilfork, right? That's a big comment right there. If at any point somebody's struggling to come up with a draft pick, just start saying like, Vince Wilfork. Vince Wilfork, because that's going to make people think, how could it not? But I think that's all I'm willing to divulge today on this Darby cast. That's Monday sports for you. Good luck in your league. But to the guys who are in my league, just know that you've got a lot coming at you this year because I plan on three-peating in one league and I plan on winning my ninth championship in another. That's it. Darby cast Monday sports. You're not allowed to share this with anyone. Don't even think about it. We can't have this information getting out. If you want to share other Darby casts, maybe. Okay. Maybe. But this one out of your own interest, you're probably gonna want to keep to yourself. All right. Darby cast back Wednesday.